Hello, and welcome to the Story of the Bible podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bracken. This is the entire narrative of the Bible from beginning to end. I hope you enjoy walking with me through the greatest story ever told. Thank you for listening. Now the man and the woman were in the Garden of Eden. They were in perfect relationship with each other. They were in perfect relationship with God, but they weren't the only beings in the garden. The serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. He came to the woman and he said, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Who is this serpent? The first words that he speaks are questioning the words that God has said. They're twisting it already. God didn't say that they couldn't eat from any tree. He said the opposite. They could eat from any tree but one. Well, the Bible doesn't tell us who this serpent is. The Bible doesn't give us a creation account of the supernatural world. That world simply exists. How it came about? Well, God created everything that is, so we know he created the supernatural world, but beyond that, we don't know. The Bible is studiously uninterested at this point on who this serpent is. But eventually, a long, long time from now, we do find out the identity of this serpent. The book of Revelation will tell us that the serpent is Satan, the dragon, the accuser of those that follow God. And from the very beginning, he is attempting to deceive the people of God by twisting the word of God to them. Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. Eh, that's not exactly what God said, is it? He didn't mention touching it. But he didn't tell Eve this. He just told Adam. So it appears that Adam has made a mistake in what he has passed on to his wife Eve. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. As a matter of fact, God knows that when you eat of that tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Having an intimate relationship with good and evil. So she looks at the tree. She said it's good for food, beautiful to look at, and it's desirable for obtaining wisdom. It's a good thing to obtain wisdom, but she's going about it a wrong way. She took some of its fruit. She ate it. She gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They made coverings to cover over their nakedness. It's interesting that every culture I know of, if they cover anything at all, they cover that part of the body. They'll cover the genitals. They'll cover themselves to hide this 
nakedness from the world around them. It's inadequate for the shame that they feel. So, so Adam was with her this whole time. Adam was listening to this conversation. He didn't correct Eve's mistake. He didn't correct the serpent's mistake. But as soon as Eve picked up the fruit, he decided to join her and listen to the serpent rather than to God. So the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God. You see, God would come down and walk in the garden in the evening. He would take some physical form and interact with the woman and the man. But not today. They hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. For the first time when he came, they did not run to him. They ran from him. The Lord God called out to the man and he said, where are you? The man said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He's not going to answer that question directly. He knows the answer. God knows the answer. The man knows that God knows the answer. So he says, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. It's her fault. And really, uh, you gave her to me. So it's partially your fault too, right? Lord God turned to the woman. What have you done? And she said, it was the serpent. He deceived me and I ate. The first recorded instance of the devil made me do it. God isn't going to ask the serpent anything at all. He simply turns to the serpent and he says, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal, you will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He curses the serpent. I don't know what a serpent looked like before this moment, but after this, they have to crawl on their belly. And after this, mankind will be hostile to snakes. On the surface, this makes perfect sense to me. I grew up in Africa, wandering around barefoot in the bush where my parents worked and lived. And uh, this does summarize my relationship with snakes. They tried to strike my heel. I did my best to crush their head. I think that is the uh, post-fall natural relationship of man to snakes. My wife happens to like snakes. Um, I honestly think that's a little bit unnatural. I think we should follow the commands of the Bible and crush the heads of serpents. I am kidding there a little bit. But uh, that's kind of the surface meaning of this curse. However... That's not the underneath meaning, like a lot of prophecies that are going to come about. This is the first real prophecy that we have in the Bible, and they mean something on one level as a basic understanding, and underneath they mean something 
much deeper. This is Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and it's something known as the Proto-Evangelium. It's the first mention of Jesus in the Bible. Hostility between your seed and her seed. Singular. He, not they, but he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Talking about an individual is coming about that will crush the head of the serpent. God has promised punishment and vengeance for what this serpent has done to his creation. He turns to the woman and says, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children in anguish. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. The first half of this curse makes perfect sense. We totally understand uh, what this means. If you have given birth, if you have been near anyone who has given birth, if you have ever heard a story of someone giving birth, uh, you know this is a very painful process. appears to be much painful for humans than for most or even any other animals. It's anguish. But it's not just the process of giving birth. It's a process of raising children is anguish. It's difficult. Something that was supposed to be easy and a blessing and a joy is now hard. And your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. There seems to be here just an upside down nature of a relationship between a man and a woman. This relationship that's the first that God founded and ordained. The women will want to rule the men. The men will rule over the women. This is a relationship, unfortunately, that is going to be often defined by violence, be defined by power struggles, be defined by hurting one another. And the women throughout history are going to suffer the most because of this broken relationship. Then he turned to Adam. Because you listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. I will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it, for you are dust, and you will return to dust. So, labor and death will be the end of all man. If you have a job, if you've ever worked, then this idea that the world seems to be working against you makes a lot of sense. Everything we try to do is harder than it ought to be. Because the world itself is cursed, the earth fights against all that we try to do. And we die. Now, the man and the woman didn't die that day, but they were to die. They would return to the dust from which they were taken, and this was something that was never intended to be. They were meant to live eternally, eating from the tree of life. That tree was in the garden. That tree was there for them to eat from. God told them any tree but the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life is included in that. And yet now, no, 
they will return to dust. So Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And God made clothing for the man and the woman out of animal skins. God killed something for them. You see, they made a covering for themselves and it wasn't good enough. But they needed to be covered. They couldn't be naked and unashamed anymore. God didn't kill the man and the woman that day, but he did kill that day. He took an animal's life to cover his children. God said, since man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out and take from the tree of life and live forever. So God sent Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. He sent the man out to work the ground from which he was taken. And then he stationed guards. He stationed cherubs at the edge of the garden and a flaming sword to the east of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. He cast the man and the woman out of this paradise that he has created for them, never to reenter it. Now, like creation, this is a fundamental story to our understanding of everything that comes after because everything that comes after is going to be defined by a long, long litany of disobeying the voice of God and listening to another voice. This is the first time that it happened and it brought a curse not just to the man and the woman, but to every man and woman after and everything that exists on the good creation that God made. God cast the man and the woman out of the garden I believe not to protect the tree from them, the tree of life from them, but to protect them from the tree of life. Should they live forever, the evil that would grow in their hearts would only multiply, would only make it worse. Death was a curse, but it was a protection as well to keep them from just continuing to grow worse and worse and worse. But in the horror of this story, there is a hope. Looking back, God said, yeah, a seed is coming. It's going to crush this. It's going to undo this wrong that the serpent brought into my creation. It's going to make it all better. The man and the woman had perfection and lost it. They had joy and peace in relationship with God and they threw it away. That's not the end of the story. It's only the beginning of everything that will follow. Thank you for listening to the story of the Bible. I hope you enjoyed this week. Please join us every week as we walk through the greatest story the world has ever known.